we are privileged today to have Rabbi Jonathan Kahn with us and ushers, if you would, go ahead and distribute those special offering envelopes. Um, he doesn't leave his church and congregation much up in the Jersey area, um, but today he is with us. And this man has been used by God to be a prophet of God, a modern day prophet to our nation and to our, our world. And I hope everybody understands the gift to the body of Christ that we have with us, that he is a true gift to the body. And I believe that as the body, we help hold, we help esteem, we help honor the gifts that God brings for times and for seasons. There's times and seasons that God brings certain gifts and he has been appointed, as it was said about Esther, for such a time as this, for us, for our nation, for our world. And so today you have a special offering envelope and I'm gonna encourage you to sow into the ministry of Rabbi Jonathan Kahn um, because his ministry is a ministry that produces fruit. We can plant in good soil or we can't. And this is good soil that we can plant in. And church family, I wanna encourage you to bless the man of God today. There's offering baskets that you can uh, to donate in or plant in today uh, down front while he's speaking. There's drop boxes out in the lobby um, as well that you can give to afterwards. But for me, for my house, we are going to bless the man of God. I know pastor, he has expressed his heartfelt, warm felt love and appreciation and esteem um, for Rabbi, and so as he comes to this stage, I want us to give Rabbi Jonathan Kahn a warm Evangel Temple welcome as he comes this morning. Amen. And he's not only going to be with us this morning, he'll be here at 6 p.m. tonight as well. So come on, let's welcome him to this stage. Thank you, everybody. It is an honor. You may be seated. It is an honor for me to be here. Uh, I love being here. I feel at home here. This is a special work of God, um, and I am so blessed, first, with your pastor, Gary, um, who kept pressing for me to come years ago. As soon as I came, I felt at home, and, th and, and the work that is here is sweet, a sweet work of God. There's no compromise. There is so much love for God here, and Kim and Jordan and all those who do this. It's an honor to be with you guys, um, always. And um, I have a lot to share with you. And no matter how much I share, as you know, I can only give you a taste. There's so much more. For that reason, um, as I've done each time here, they're gonna have, uh, the books are gonna be right outside, The Return of the Gods, the newest one, which I'm gonna talk about, is gonna be there. Um, but as soon as the service ends, I'll, I'll go over there, I'll meet you, I'll sign as many books as I can. You at Evangel uh, are always so hungry uh, for not only getting the word, but giving it to others, so I'll be there. Um, so before I go full blast, let me give you a quick, which I always do, give you a quick idea of what they'll have for you right after the service. They'll probably put it up on the screens um, for you, but also to bless the people in your life who need to know. Every book has a mysteries of God in them. Number one, I think you know it, is The Harbinger. Um, that is the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future. That has uh, continued to come true up to now. Millions have read it, but still millions have not. If you have friends or family who need to be saved or need to know, that'll be there. The second one is the, uh, the Book of Mysteries. That'll open up for you hundreds of the mysteries of God. 
Um, and oh, that, that's not, <laughs> okay, that's not the one. Um, and that has, has the really most amazing mysteries, not only to be blown away, but, but to transform your life, and not just for you, but if you have people in your life who need to know the Lord, it's like, imagine you can give them over 300 tracks, and they not only accept it, but they thank you for it. No unbeliever has ever turned it down, and they're getting saved through it. That's the book of mysteries. The third is the paradigm. I still have for a second. That opens up a biblical mystery so exact, so precise, it reveals the leaders of our time down to the exact dates and events. It actually, after it came out, the template actually revealed what happened on Capitol Hill on January 6th. That's actually part of the mystery. The fourth is the oracle. It's the only one I've ever written that is on end time prophecy, mystery of the age, Israel, Jerusalem, the prophetic timetable of the last days, um, some mind-blowing stuff. The fifth is the harbinger too. That's the book I held back from uh, writing for eight years. It's not only the sequel to The Harbinger, but it's what's happening right now. I was led to, to write it just before COVID came and all the shakings came that I had a knowing that the Lord put on my heart, shakings were coming, it was gonna be the continuation of the mystery. You need to let my people know. And this, the movie was based on it, but most that's in the book, we couldn't put in the movie. And the last one is the newest book. It's the most explosive. I'm gonna give you a taste of it today. Uh, by the grace of God, it's, it is the, well, it is the return of the gods. And by the grace of God, it debuted this month. It just came out um, as the number two nonfiction book in the world, by the grace of God. Pray that God uses it for revival. That's my, I think. Um, you'll get a taste of it. Most of it I still can't get into, but my calling is to get the word out, but they'll have it there. This is to encourage you to get things, not just for yourself, but to those in your life. So what they're gonna do, we do here, is most of the hardcover books, they're, they're listing almost now about $30. If you get one, it'll be 15. Get two, it'll keep going down until if you get all six or six of any of them or more, it's gonna be $10, like a Happy Meal. That's the, but a Happy Meal is not gonna save anybody. <laughs> so, so for people in your life, so take advantage of it. If you do this once a year, take advantage of it to get it for not just for yourself, but to, as gifts for people in your life. One last resource, a special resource to show you, it's, so unique, it's not available anywhere, not in Amazon, not in any bookstore, it's here. Um, that is not only gonna contain things that we're gonna talk about today, but it's the return of the God uncensored. So it's gonna, it's gonna have things that are not anywhere, not even in the book, because it was so, even the book, couldn't, we couldn't put this in there. This is the eight DVD album. You'll actually see the mysteries, you'll see the images, the principalities. There's uncensored material, that, um, and including recorded video of a prophetic manifestation in New York City, much more. So that's gonna be there. Um, and nowhere else. So after the service, it's gigantically reduced. It comes up to about $5 a DVD for as long as it lasts, okay? Lastly, um, for those who ask about prophetic, getting prophetic updates or CDs or free gifts, they'll have the sheets over there at the book table. Just put down your contacts, you'll get free gifts, you'll get prophetic updates for the ministry I lead, which is Hope of the World, End Time Outreach. Um, and if you just remember it, it's, you can go online, hopeoftheworld.org. You can also get the gifts there, okay? If you're ever in New York or New Jersey, we want you to be my guest at the Jerusalem Center. We had Pastor Gary and Kim there. It was wonderful to be there. All right, that's it. Let's get ready. Father, we just praise you. We ask your great anointing. Father, I ask in my weakness, be strong in your power and touch your people. Lord, not only I ask my anointing on me, Father, I ask your anointing on everyone who is hearing and watching. Lord, have your way in the name above every name, the name of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. What is going on? Everything is accelerating. 
Even non-believers are saying, this is crazy what's happening in America and in much of the world. Even non-believers will use the word demonic. What I'm gonna open up today, I'm gonna start this morning, the most explosive part's gonna be tonight, but I'm gonna open up the mystery lying behind everything that's transforming America and much of the world, the people around you, even touching your family, touching you, you're dealing with it. Everyone who's watching or listening, you are dealing with it now. In many ways, it's gonna explain what is happening in a whole new light. What is going on? There's a reason for it. And what explains it is a mystery that goes back to ancient times, to the scriptures, and to the tablets of ancient Babylon and Mesopotamia. Is it possible that the figures we know as gods aren't only fables and myth, but there's actually something real to them? Entities, spirits, and if so, is it possible that they could be at work right now, that they could return. What would happen if they came to America? What would happen? Could they be the invisible agents behind these transformations? And what if we could identify them? What if they lie behind what we see on our television screens, uh, what's happening in our government, the Supreme Court, what's happening to our children? What do they have to do with you? What is their agenda? concerning you? Is there hope? What lies ahead? What do you need to know to be prepared? That is the reason I've written The Return of the Gods. And it's not only to reveal this mystery, but to arm, strengthen God's people, empower. Because if you're in a fight and you don't know you're in a fight, or you don't know what you're fighting against, you won't win. And so we're gonna get into, because the point is God called you to win. And we're gonna always get into every, every message, we're gonna get into the hope and what we need to do. But I wanna begin with setting the stage of the mystery because it is something very basic in the Bible but most believers miss it. In the ancient world, it was filled with gods. Every nation, every culture, everywhere. Kind of strange that there be gods everywhere. The Bible gives us the first clue of the mystery that many miss. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says, those who worship gods and idols are actually worshiping something called the Shadim. Shadim is a Hebrew word that means entities, spirits with will and consciousness. In the Psalms it says they offered their children to the Shadim. Now when the ancient Jewish writers translated the Bible into Greek, they chose the word to translate Shadim, the word they used was daimonia, from which we get the word demon or demonic. When Paul in 1 Corinthians speaks of the pagans worshiping gods and idols, he uses the word, he says they worship the daimonia or the spirits, or the entities, or the Shadim. So beyond the gods, behind the gods, the gods are only masks, are dark entities. And so the myths of man can follow the entities, and the entities can play upon the myths of man. And so here's, here's the thing about that. The next piece of the puzzle is if the gods represent spirits, and the pagan world was given to the gods, then they were given to the spirits. They were indwelt by them, they were possessed by them. Pagan culture is a possessed culture. It's amazing that the signs that the Bible gives of possession, you find them all over the pagan world. And the closer you got to a god, like the high priest or priestesses or the oracles, the more you saw the signs of possession. These people would shake and tremble and babble, just like someone who's possessed. But it wasn't just the people or individuals, the whole culture was possessed. Even Western civilization was a possessed situation, a possessed culture. So what happened? What happened to the gods? 
Most of them. Jesus happened. Messiah happened. Yeshua happened. God came into the world with the power to cast out the spirits. And he sent his word and his disciples and the gospel into the lands of the gods. He sent his disciples into the Roman Empire with all the gods and they came at clash, a war of civilizations, a war of gods. God came to the land of the gods. The, the spirit moved into the land of the spirits. The word of God into the land of mythology, monotheism versus polytheism, pantheism, paganism. That's why there was such conflict in the book of Acts and in the first centuries. That is why, in fact, in the book of Acts, there's a possessed woman who stalks Paul. And in the original Greek of the Bible, it says she had the, a spirit of Python. That's what it says in the Greek. That spirit of Python is the same word used of the oracle of Delphi who was possessed by a spirit. She said she was possessed by a god, but it's a serpent that she was possessed by. And then, you know, you have these uproars in the cities where the apostles went, and it was over the gods, over the idols. They thought the gods were being threatened by the disciples, and that's why the early Christians were persecuted, because of the gods. It was ultimately about that. They said, if you would just worship our gods, our gods, burn incense, we will not throw you in prison. We will not throw you to the lions. Do you know how the greatest persecution of believers began? It began because one of these oracles, the oracle of Didymus, gave a word to the emperor that led to the greatest persecution. Here's a possessed woman, a woman possessed by the gods or the spirits, and she started the persecution. But in the end, the power of God prevailed. The power of Messiah prevailed against the gods. It's amazing because the oracles say, they start saying that their connection to the spirits, to the gods, started breaking off when the gospel came in. The gods left. The temples of Zeus became empty. The shrines of Athena became abandoned. It was the twilight of the gods. The last words of the oracle of Delphi, she reports to the emperor, she says, the prophecies have all dried up. We have no more word from the gods. But if behind the gods are spirits, then what it means is that what happened wasn't just the leaving of people worshiping gods. What it means is it was the greatest exorcism in human history. It was the greatest mass exorcism. And, and, and that's why Western culture is so unique because it's the only civilization that was totally exorcised. And everywhere the gospel went, that's what it did. But now here comes the final piece of the puzzle to unlock the mystery to begin. It's the parable given by Messiah, Matthew 12. He said, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through dry places, seeks for rest, doesn't find any. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house un unoccupied, swept, clean, and in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they go and they, they live there, and the final condition is worse than the first. Now most people think he's talking about a possessed man, which he is, but not just that. The answer comes at the end in Matthew. It says, so it shall be with this generation. Not just an individual, he's talking about an entire generation, a civilization. And so when you apply this truth on a global scale, we've got a warning to the modern world, to the West, to much of the world, to America. And the warning is this. Any culture, any civilization, any nation that has known God, that has been cleansed of these things, delivered of these things, exercised of these things, if it should ever turn away from God, if it should ever start emptying itself of God, 
It should ever empty itself of the gospel that exercised it, that delivered it. Those spirits that were cast out will return to it. The same spirits that were cast out in ancient times will come back. And they will come back, the Shadim, the Daimonia, the demonic, they will come back, they will come back to the house of that civilization to inhabit it again, to possess it, to repossess it. Pagan gods, pagan spirits will come back to a house that had been swept clean, a Judeo-Christian civilization. And they will seek to turn a Christian civilization and a nation into a pagan one. They will begin a process of paganization. The gods will come to America. The spirits will come. And if you want to understand how crazy it's been, what's been happening to America for the last half century, it is this. It is a case of possession. When you say, "Why? how could they do this? It's so crazy. It's a case of possession. Remember, the Lord said the last state will be worse than the first. So it means that America and the West, if it ever turns away from God, which has happened, the last state will be worse than the first, than the pagan state. You see, a pagan civilization can produce a Nero, but a civilization that has known God and turned away will produce a Hitler or an Antichrist. And that is now happening in America. Which gods, which principalities are we dealing with? When Israel turned away from God, it turned to other gods, became subject to them. They were there were three in particular that were leading, that represented all of them. In the return of the gods, I call it the dark trinity. The same dark trinity is at work now. The first, I can give you a, I'll be able to give you a taste of it. The first was called the possessor. That's what his name meant, the possessor or the master or the lord or the owner. In Hebrew, his name was Baal, or we call him Baal. He was the king of the Canaanite gods, the god of fertility, the god of rain and thunder. He was everywhere in different forms. He would later be merged with another god, Zeus. In ancient times, it was Baal who turned Israel away from God into a pagan nation. So when now, when this spirit of Baal comes to America, this entity is gonna seek to turn America away from God and into a pagan nation. How would it happen? How would he come in? How could he get in? America opened the door. It would begin emptying itself of God. That's exactly what happened. In the early 60s, some of you know of it or remember it. Starting then, America said, well, let's just take God out of this and this and this. We removed prayer from the school. Not a big deal, they thought, just from the children. That was the future. And then from this, once you do that, you open the door. The ancient warning is that you empty, if you empty the house, the house is not staying empty. If you empty the house of God, then other things will come in. Other spirits will come in to the schools, to the children, it's happening right now. That's all that's needed. The spirit of the possessor comes to America, and what did he do in ancient times? He warred against God, he drove God, days of Elijah, drove God out of everything, the public square, the government. That's exactly what has been happening to America. This spirit is driving God, has been driving God out. It's a spirit that indwells, and so God is seeking to take God from everything. The Bible says that Baal caused Israel to forget God. So upon his return to America in the West, he's seeking to cause America to forget God, that it ever knew God. It's hard to even remember that there was once an America where all across the, the school, all across the nation, 
Teachers in the public school system led the children of America in the Lord's Prayer. That the, that the biggest movies were things like the Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur, Quo Vadis, the King of Kings. Well, that America, had, where, what happened to that America? This spirit happened to America. This bail happened to America. And now this America can hardly even remember that America. And that America could not have imagined this America. That's what happens. This same spirit that caused Israel to turn away from the Ten Commandments has actually caused America to actually strike down the Ten Commandments. When Baal possessed Israel, he caused a culture war. And he caused the, the nation to become spiritually schizophrenic. It, it knew about God, but yet it, it joined Baal to God and, and, did, and it was Israel, but it was worshiping another God. Well, that's what's happened to America. The Supreme Court struck down the Ten Commandments, yet on the walls of the Supreme Court are the Ten Commandments. The president swears, puts his hand on the Bible, and yet many of them have then warred against the Bible. What has been happening to America is a possession. What came in as a new morality is actually a pagan morality. Everything that's been new is actually pagan. The spirit of the possessed behind things, it's behind things we don't even realize. It's behind wokeism. See, when there's one God, there's one truth. But in paganism, there's many gods, so there's not any one truth. It's many truths. So everybody has their own truth. That's why our culture's been taken over by this spirit that says there's no real truth. Everybody has their own truth. If it's true for you, if it's your authentic truth. So if a man says he's a cat, well, that's his authentic truth. If a woman says she's not a she, she's a they, that's her authentic truth. Let me show you how else ancient paganism and the gods have actually affected. They used Baal was actually depicted as part man, part animal. And so, it, so paganism always merges the, the distinction between man and animal. The ancient craftsmen would do this in clay and rock. They would, they would put man and animal together. Today, it's the scientists who are merging man and animal. Through biotechnology, we're doing the same thing through the genetic code. Let me show you another way the spirit of the possessed, you may not even realize it, has changed the world. The Bible says when people turn away from God, they turn to idols. And so they serve the works of their hands. When the Apostle Paul stood on Mars Hill and spoke against the idols of man, he used the word techne to speak of idols. Techne, we get the word technology, tech. So as America, now technology is not wrong, but as America turned away from God, they began serving the works of their own hand, their own technology. Now we serve them. We have people who are addicted to computers. They become like, as attached to the computer. And the Bible says those who serve the idols become like them. And so we actually have people becoming less human, unable to relate to other human beings because they're part of their computer. In paganism, the line between creator and creation is blurred. So we actually have the merging of technology, implants, all the, this is actually pagan. In paganism, the idol actually was the God. So image and reality are blurred. So today we, so now we have virtual reality. Blurs reality. Virtual becomes real and the real becomes virtual. There was one sign of Baal above all others. It was the sign of a bull. Specifically, a molten bronze bull. That was the idol all over the Middle East. Could the son of Baal appear in America? But he's possessing the culture. It has already appeared if you go to New York City around where the harbingers are. 
You'll see an image, you'll see a massive molten bronze bull. The ancient sign of Baal. The ancient sign of the possessor of a nation. And in the Bible, it's the sign of a nation that once knew God, but now has given to the gods. Baal was the god of prosperity. So we, ha we, we have made our, the symbol of American prosperity the symbol of a bull, a bull market, a bull economy. There was another son of Baal I, actually re I recorded in the book, but we don't have time, but we're actually, there actually appeared a sign linked to the temple of Baal, and actually there were, there were government officials that had a ceremony around it. They had music. We went down there to eyewitness it. We actually recorded it. We actually put it on the DVDs where they actually took part in this link to Baal. When you look at the Bible, you always see Baal is first among the gods, but he's not the end. He's the beginning. He's like that first spirit that comes back and says, I'm going to get my friends. So what is the next of the dark trinity? In the book, she's called the Enchantress. She was called that in ancient times. In the Bible, she is called Ashtoreth. In Canaanite mythology, she's the wife or, or consort of Baal. She appears all over, though. In Babylon, they called her Ishtar. In Sumer, they called her Inanna. In Greece, they called her Aphrodite. And in Rome, they called her Venus. That's why the second planet from the sun is called still Venus, because it was, that light was always associated with this goddess. She was the goddess of unbridled sexuality. Sexual lust, immorality, gratification. She was a prostitute, harlot goddess. In ancient times, she sexualized the culture. So notice, the Bible says Baal, and then says Ashtoreth is number two. So look what happened to America. First, the turning away from God, Baal. Then what would we expect to happen? Her mission is to paganize a Christian nation through the realm of sexuality. What would we expect? We would expect, if she returned, a revolution in the realm of sexuality. That's exactly what happened. After America begins turning from God, the next comes in. And what do we have? We have a sexual revolution. It is the work of the goddess. She will begin overturning biblical morality and overturn it with pagan sexual morality, immorality. That's exactly what we're seeing. And it has not stopped. A prostitute takes sex out of marriage, puts it into the marketplace, into the culture. That's exactly what happened to America. Sex started take, being taken out of marriage and it started, the whole culture became sexualized. That's what happened. She, in her temples, she had people actually publicly linked to sexuality, a public thing. Well, that's what's happened to America. And her workings of this revolution are continuing to this day. That same time, the pros a prostitute weakens marriage, so she's been weakening marriage. America, marriages have been weakened and have been broken, and homes have been broken. It's no accident this spirit of this goddess was against marriage. She overturns it. In ancient times, in Greek, the Greeks called her, as they called her prostitute, well, the word for prostitute in Greek, they called her porne, from which we get the word porn. She was actually the inventor of pornography. The first pornography on planet Earth is, are her writings and her images. And so now, through pornography, she casts a spell on the nation to seduce it from God. So the culture becomes eroticized. You know where that word comes? Erotic comes from the word eros. Eros was the, a principality that was the son of this goddess. So she even gives birth to erotica. Now there's so much more we can't get into, but I'll just mention this. The goddess was the principality of also intoxicating substances. So no accident as the sexual revolution begins, we have an explosion 
in drugs, intoxication, drug abuse to this day. She was also the goddess of spells and occult and witchcraft. She was a sorcerer, so no accident that at the same time of the sexual revolution comes a revival of the occult, Ouija boards, astrology, fortune tellers, psychic hotlines, tarot cards, Satan worship, new age and Eastern philosophies and religions coming in. Today there are more witches in America than there are Presbyterians. We must move on to the next of the dark trinity. In the return of the gods, he's called the destroyer. This is the principality that causes parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. The pagan world was filled with this. It was not safe to be a child in the pagan world. And when Israel turned away from God, they began offering their own children as sacrifices to the gods. The only thing, you know what ended child sacrifice? The only thing that has ended child sacrifice across the world is the gospel of Jesus the Messiah. It's the only thing. But the ancient warning is that if a nation turns away from God that has known God, the spirits are coming back, the destroyer coming back, or we can call him Molech, will come to America. And so like clockwork, you have the dark trinity all together. You have Baal, the turning. You have, you have Ishtar, the, the revolution in sexuality. Then comes the destroyer. At the end of the 60s, 1970, America begins to offer up its own children. This is, this is not enlightened, this is pagan. And the crown of paganization of America. Israel offered up thousands of its children. We have offered up millions. We won't go into it for time, but in the book, I looked at the ancient elements of the rituals of pagan sacrifice. And you can see them manifesting again in the rituals of abortion. I'll mention just two things. Parents offered their children to the destroyer back then, why? because they believed if they did it, they would get favor, they would get prosperity, they would get financial or economic gain or fertility. So when they return to the world, the same thing, women are told, if you offer up your children, you'll be freed up from being hindered in your career, in your prosperity, in your financial advancement. You may have even heard Hollywood, Hollywood stars saying, oh, it was the abortion, that's what helped me. And another thing back then, it was the children of the poor who were most often offered up to the destroyers. And that's why today it's the children of the poor who are most often offered up. It even, in, even put in the book that actually the head abortionists and radical feminists, they actually talk about abortion as a holy sacrament. A, and they even say it's a pagan sacrifice and we're proud of it. Now I'm gonna show you something uh, you know, I, an amazing discovery that happened in Israel to kind of put this together in your life. But before, let me say this. It's gonna get even more explosive. When we, the second stream of the revelation we'll do tonight is gonna actually reveal the, the, the mysteries that are behind everything that's happening right now, including a spirit from ancient Mesopotamia of which it was written thousands of years ago that this one has the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. The, the ancient mysterious priesthood of that entity, that explains why there's a movement happening, the, the mystery behind why there's a movement right now to transgender our children, actually goes back to the mystery. It's gonna explain everything that's happening right now that we're dealing with. A spirit that has actually determined the rulings of the Supreme Court and the exact timing of the rulings. A mystery from ancient Babylon 
behind the day that marriage as we have known it was struck down. The night an ancient entity actually manifested on the streets of New York and the revealing of the reason why the sign of the rainbow is saturating our culture. It goes back to an ancient mystery. The war that the gods or the spirits are right now seeking to wage against believers that has to do specifically with your life. Where is it leading? What does it have to do with the end times? What do you need to know? Now, now, be, now tonight, we're gonna, it's gonna get hotter. We're gonna need some fire extinguishers in this building, I will just say. But, I'm, but I wanna share, I'm even gonna share a secret behind the return of the gods and what happened on the day that I finished it that has to do with the future. But I wanna bring it home by speaking about something. When I was, had begun working on the return of the gods, there was a startling discovery in Israel. And I believe the discovery and the timing of the discovery is significant. Up to that time, archeologists in Israel had never found any coherent inscription from the time of the book of Judges. But this past year, they found it for the first time ever. It was a piece of pottery with a complete word on it and the word was a name and the name was from the Bible. The name on the pottery was the name Jerubal. Now Jerubal is not a common name, it was only given to one person, Gideon. Gideon, from the time of Judges. So the name was the name of Gideon and it was found, you know where it was found on? A clay jar of a pottery of a vessel. Just like Gideon's army had the clay jars. It might have been his own jar. And the name Jerubal came up because of something that Gideon did. In order for Gideon to become a mighty warrior, the vessel of God, the hero that God called him for the day and the hour that he was chosen, he had to do something. You see, the oppressors and enemies of Israel, the Midianites, worshiped the god Baal. In Gideon's own backyard, there was an altar of Baal. He could not become the hero and the mighty warrior, bring deliverance to God's people, when he had an altar of Baal in his own backyard. So he had to pull it down. He had to pull it down the altar, so he did. And the people who worshiped Baal wanted to kill Gideon. And they came to the father and said, we're gonna kill him. And his father said, hey, if Baal is so powerful, let Baal fight against him. Let Baal do it, you don't have to do it. Let Baal contend against him. In Hebrew to say, let Baal contend against him, it's one word, Jerubal. So from that moment on, Gideon was also called Jerubal, let Baal contend against me. See, you see, God, this came just as I'm working on this. See, God has called you to stand against the gods and the spirit of the age. We war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, by the power of God. God has called you to be, no matter who you are, no matter how young or old, to be a mighty warrior for this hour. A hero, a heroine, victorious. God doesn't want you living on the defensive. He wants you living on the offensive. But like Gideon, in order to do that, all of us, you have to first break the stronghold. If there's any stronghold in your life, whatever the God in your backyard, if there's anything in your life that's a God, something you put above everything and not God, or an idol, you got it, you have to deal with it. Anything, whether it's pornography, whether it's money, whether it's self, whether it's lust, whether it's indulgence, whether it's a habit, a sin, anything that's a stronghold, that's a stronghold for the principality. That's a stronghold for the gods. You have to, we all have to repent of it. You have to break the altar. 
Break the link. Break the connection. Cut it off totally, completely, so you can't do it anymore. So it has no place in your life. Break it off as Gideon did. Once and for all, start today. Declare your independence from, from whatever that is that's not of God, your freedom by the power of God. And you can stand against all the darkness. If you take care of it in your life, you'll be powerful for this age. Gideon was called Jerubal. Let Baal contend against him. That needs to be your attitude too. You were not called now for this hour so you would fear the world or you would fear the darkness, or you would fear any evil or fear any God. It says, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd. Let Baal contend against him. Let Baal contend against me. I will stand in the power of my God. Jeroboam means that he knew, Gideon knew he was in a fight, and, he, and you have to know you're in a fight. Don't fear it. Embrace it. Jeroboam, you know what it means in effect to say? It means, go ahead, Baal. Make my day. I know the power I have in God. You were not born to fear the darkness or to give in to it. You were born to fight the darkness and overcome the darkness and triumph over the darkness. When Israel crossed the Red Sea and the gods of Egypt were judged, Moses sang a song. He wrote a song. And it says, this is how it sounded in the original. He said, Mi chamocha ba'elim Adonai. Mi chamocha, who is like you, O oh God, Lord among the gods. The answer is there is no one. The, there's an ancient Hebrew prayer that says, it's called Ein Kedoheinu. It goes Ein Kedoheinu, Ein Kadoneinu, Ein Kimolkeinu, Ein Kamoshienu, which translated means there is nobody like our God. There is nobody like our Lord. There is nobody like our King. And there's nobody like our Savior. There's nobody, there's no comparison. Our God is God. The one true living God, the eternal, the almighty, the ancient of days, the great I am. Ain Kamoshieno means there is no savior like our savior. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Yeshua, the friend of sinners, the hope of the hopeless, the good shepherd, the prince of peace, the star of Jacob, the light of the world and the glory of Israel. The name, he's the name above all names. The only name by which we can be saved. You see, all the gods of the world, they had their altar. They said, you give us a sacrifice to the altar. They demanded it. We, there's only one God and one Savior who didn't require a sacrifice on his altar, but gave himself, his own life, as the sacrifice to us as our blessing so we can get saved. And he's the Almighty and he's love. There's only one who by his name, the gods and spirits actually tremble. By his power, he actually casts them all out. It is he who gives you the power. If you've got him, you've got the power to break free of all darkness, all sin, all bondage. Every bondage of every darkness of every God. It is he who has the power to release from any bondage and who will set you free. There's only one name that has the power to cast out every God and spirit, the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, by that name. He did it, and he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as strong as he was 2,000 years ago, he's just as strong now, and we need him more now, because we're dealing with it again. 
It is still the name above all names. You know, let Hollywood do what it does. Let Walter, it doesn't matter what they do and the woke, what they do doesn't matter. His name is still above every name. It will be here when they're long gone. To overcome the world and not just the world, but your life, in your life. That name is still the almighty. That name, you have the power to break every curse, every hindrance, every chain. By that name, you can do it. Do it. It's written, the eyes of the Lord are searching the entire earth, looking for the one whose heart is completely his. And he will show himself mighty to that one. You be that one. I want to be that one. You want to be that one. Be that one. Make the decision today to become that one. Whatever you need to do, do it. Do not fear the end times, my, my, my brothers and sisters. God called you into being for this very hour. And if he called you for this hour, he will appoint you, he will anoint you, and he will empower you to do what you're called to do. Do not fear. Do not fear any man. Do not fear any evil, any force, any power. Because if you belong to him, then he is your God, and he is the God above all gods, and you are his child. He is the power above all powers. He is the almighty God, is your savior. That's mind-boggling. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He will uphold you with his mighty right hand. And in him you are stronger than all that comes against you, than any problem, any challenge, any conflict. The Almighty is with you and he's within you. And because of that, you can overcome all things. And greater in is he in you than he was in the world. It is time to rise in the power you have. Time to stand in the authority you've been given. For the one who rises in the power of the Almighty, there will be the, these will be the greatest of times. For thus says the Lord to you this day. He says, Kumi ori kiva orech. Arise and shine, man of God. Arise and shine, woman of God. Arise and shine, servant of God. For your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for such a a time as this. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. Hallelujah.